0: hallelujah
1: come on give him praise this morning come on turn and greet somebody before you sit down this morning we're going to do some announcements and some celebration and some all kind of things hallelujah hallelujah Jesus Did you send that to me Ow. Hallelujah There we go. I turn it back on. Hallelujah. That's okay. Remember. All right. That's all I need to remember. Hey, grab your bulletin. I want you to look at a couple things in there with me this morning. And uh we're just going to have an extra few minutes of announcements this morning. You know how much I don't like announcements. But we got some exciting things, Dave, so it'll be okay. I just happen to be looking at you. I like that shirt, by the way. That's good. Yeah. Don't forget, Open Heavens is coming up. Uh This, if you're going to be doing open heavens, um, you probably need to call the hotel directly to book the room. You can't go online and do any of that because it is past the time period. And uh, crazy enough, um, it's at the Holiday Inn over there in in Beaumont, and they've implemented some crazy thing that if you come in on Friday, you got to check out on Sunday. Uh, You can't check out Saturday. And so I had to call them and get it straight because we're coming in Thursday, leaving Saturday. But if I checked in Friday, I had to leave Sunday. I, I don't know. It was weird, but they got it fixed. So. But if you want to go, I need to know, and you need to call and get a room because we were going to take the bus, and we just don't have enough people at this point, so we may actually take cars. Uh, but let me know quickly because it is very quickly running out of space. Amen. So hallelujah. Hey, we didn't get to honor somebody yesterday or last week. Uh, Cameron? Come on, man. He graduated. Hallelujah. So we just got something for you, man. We wanted to give you a gift. And uh, I I heard he went and hung out with 53 family members. Y'all, I done told him that would drive me up a wall. And fireworks. But it looked like they had a great time. But listen, we just wanted to say congratulations. Good job, Mama. You, you you got him through, Hallelujah, Jesus. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, I started thinking. I said, man, I don't know if I have 53 family members on my dad's side and my mom's side combined. Um. So then I'd have to start adding my wife's family. And then I started thinking about well, some of those family members, oh, I would just I'm gonna stay there. I'm just gonna leave that alone, um, but. Yeah. Anyways. So look, we're we're blessed to have have Susan Richardson here and her husband, Charlie Mack, which is how I hear her uh, respond to him. This is the first time I've ever got to meet him. And uh, it's just great to have you guys here. Well, I'm not going to call him that. She. <laughs> she's telling me what she calls him. And I said, I'm not going to call him that. And He's like, I appreciate it. But um, we're going to leave that alone. Hallelujah. Yeah. You know, it, it's. Can I tell you the devil is just fighting against just even having her here yesterday? C- can I tell you how crazy you're like, Pastor, really? No, no, let me tell you how crazy it was. She was <laughs> supposed to be in at two yesterday. Okay. So she could, you know, freshen up and get relaxed, get ready for service. So I go to the hotel about 1:45 to greet them and make sure. And I pull up and there's like six or seven cop cars there. I'm like, whoa. And I finally got up to the manager, and the manager really won't tell me anything. And I'm like, well, you think about an hour. Maybe I'm like, you think a hotel be open in two hours? I'm hoping so. And I'm like, and I see SWAT vests going on and all this, and I'm like, oh Jesus! I said, do you think she'll be able to stay in the hotel tonight? Because <laughs> she's not telling me anything. And she's like, if everything goes the way we hope, and I'm like. So I called my wife. I said, you better clean the house because they're going to have to come over the house to freshen up because they're not getting." So as I'm walking out, they're evacuating the hotel. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> so so then I'm calling her and I'm like, hey, sis, how, how you doing? Where are you? At? Oh, well, we decided to stop and eat. Good. Because we got to go clean the house. <laughs> I, I think there was some kind of a hostage situation, but it wasn't quite whether by thought or something. But uh, yeah, I was like, Jesus, yeah. devil is a liar, man, you know. But we did have a good time last night as well. And uh, but listen, I got this little video. I need y'all to see real fast. Uh, some exciting things. So grab your smartphones if you got your smartphone mm-hmm. and watch this video. Okay, how about I, I tell you this while you're watching it? Go to your app store or your play store on your smartphone and type in new space life space Marksville. New space life space Marksville, even works on iPads. Watch this little video. our own app sweet new space live space marksville our app you put it on your smartphone you can watch past services live services you can give it links directly to the church calendar and it's real time i add something to the church calendar it shows up on there you can go to your bible app on there you can fill out connect cards we have this really cool feature called the prayer wall That is on there and it's also on our website, which has been completely redone. They're the same. You go to the prayer wall and post your prayer and you can click a box and say, I want to be notified when somebody prays for me. It'll shoot you an email or you can hit the watch button and put your email address in. And anytime somebody posts a prayer, it sends a message to you saying somebody needs prayer. OK, and so it's just a, it's an easier way because not everybody has Facebook. We can still use Facebook, but this is another way for us to know that, hey, we, we need to pray for people. We already had somebody post a prayer on there that we don't even know who they are because they don't come to our church. And uh, it but it doesn't all it asks for is your name. We don't have all the contact information on people. We can just pray for them. And when you go in, you hit amen. The giving is so much easier than the old system. But here's what I need you to do when you install it. Let the, uh, the notifications come across. Don't say no to everything like we generally do. Say yes to the notifications, and here's why. We can send out messages to everybody that has the app. We can send out messages. We can create groups in there for our leadership teams, and we can message inside the app. We can do all of that. So you go in there, and you go to giving, and you create your account in there, and we're going to stop using the other system in about a month. Okay, so if you have a reoccurring or something set up, cancel it in the other system. This is cheaper, it saves us money. Okay, so start utilizing that. If you have any questions or issues, just talk to me, we'll we'll help you through it. But we've been playing with it for a while, working it all out, but that's actually a real picture from the other day of our Connect card, our midweek. It sent me a message five minutes before service and said, hey, don't forget, y'all got it? The ones from Wednesday night, don't forget service today, here's the link to go watch it. You can click on it and watch it and take notes at the same time. And you can cast it to your screen. You can hit listen only if if you have bad uh, internet at your house and just listen to audio. So you can share it to your Facebook page. You can do all kind of things. So it's going to help us connect better, and it's going to help us with people that maybe want to watch the service at home. Amen? Uh, But we're going to move all of our giving over here. And, again, if you have any problems, just ask me. One thing I need you to know, though, there's one thing they haven't finished developing yet. If you currently give your tithes and offerings and then you, automat- you also have it do your, like, your missions, I'll say, at the same time, I need you just to do tithes right now. Because what happens is, is, is the system is not seeing it where it's tithes, missions, all in one time. And it charges us 27 cents. But if you go do tithes, you hit the button to say set that up and you do it again, it charges us twice. 27 cents each. So for now, just give it under tithes because I can promise you We support our missionaries even when we don't get enough missions money. We support our missionaries every month, and that's why we're blessed. Amen. So for today, we're going to do a special offering at the end of the service. You can use it for that. You can do those kind of things. Amen. So uh, utilize the app, and we're still working on it. And what's great is we get to finish developing all the stuff in it so we can add things as we want to, and it's super easy to do those things. Amen. So we got all that going on in there. We've got things we're moving forward amen so for those people who can't be here because they have to work hey, you can set your phone down and just listen you know you can do all that kind of stuff amen so look, we want to take a a moment here also and we want to we want to now that we've got the giving part out of the way mm -hmm, we want to get ready to give mm -hmm. we are going to receive a special offering at the end of the service for for our sister susan here um And you can, again, in the app, you can just drop down, and you'll notice it in there that there's special guests in there as well, or you can give. Uh, We're going to have that set up. But right now, we want to give to the Lord. We want to bring our tithes to the storehouse. Amen. We want to bring the tithes to the storehouse. And, uh, hey, there you are, man. I didn't realize you were here. We gave your gift to her last week, so uh, congratulations. I didn't see you sitting there. So I went and grabbed my bags. I was like, okay, i got to make sure I do Cameron. I saw him. So I didn't even see you. Well, congratulations. So another one that got through. Listen, when I graduated, they're like, what was your GPA? I don't care. I just got there. Whew. You know, oh, yeah, I was like, Mm-mm. Of course, I made straight A's in college because I didn't get a scholarship because I messed around in high school too much. Student loans, I said, no, no, baby, I'm getting everything I'm getting out of this one, every penny because it's costing. But anyways, yeah, oh, hallelujah. Hey, ju- just a quick side note on that. Let me, let me tell you something. I coach track. Here's something interesting. Do you know statistically, out of all of the sports in high school, statistically, what sport gets the most scholarships to college? Football, basketball? What do you think? Track. Track, Track gets more than all of the others combined. All of the others combined. I, I know a young lady who got a, a scholarship to Oregon State. There, there was a young man that got a scholarship down to UNO, University of New Orleans. For javelin, he threw less on his javelin than my oldest son did when he was in high school. And this guy got a full-ride scholarship to college. So run track if you're a youngster. Run track and just apply. (laughs) You know why? Because nobody wants to run track in college. And they're giving money. So free tidbit for the day. So, all right, back at the ranch. Only the older people will understand that. So back at the ranch. We want to bring our tithes and offerings to the storehouse, and we want to, we want to do what God has instructed us to do. Amen. I he told us to bring our tithes to the storehouse. He told us not to rob him. And so you know what? My tithe's the first thing that comes out. My wife takes care of that. I don't ever have to worry about it. It's the first thing that comes out. And then on top of that, I asked the Lord, what would you have me to give? Because I believe the fact that, you know what, I can, I can never outgive God. And I make my living on my giving. And you know what? This church is blessed because our people give. And we give that money around the world. We send it to our missionaries. We support different programs and things that are going on. And we're trying to find places to support because we, we know that money is not just a hoard up here. We utilize it. Amen. And if you ever have questions about that, come find me. Come find me. I'll, I'll show you where the money is going. Amen. So we're going to pray this morning, and we're going we're gonna to bless the Lord with our giving. If, if you're making out a check, make it out to New Life. Uh, if you're giving cash, that's fine. Or you can go on the new app. Hallelujah. But listen, if you're visiting with us, we're not trying to get money out of you today. Just relax and enjoy what God is doing. Just just enjoy. You know, I've, I've got this funny saying, Susan, that, you know what, if you're a visitor with us today, sit at the table, pull up a chair and eat, and we're not even going to ask you to clean up. Just, just enjoy what God is doing. Amen? So let's pray, and then we're going we're gonna to receive our, our tithes and offerings. So, Father, we thank you again that we get to be in your presence and we get to be in your house with like believers. Lord, receive these gifts today as we bring them to you. We bring them to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray that you would multiply those gifts in, in the life here of the church, but also of the giver. And Lord, as I always ask, use this money around the world, but especially right here in Marksville, Mansura, Louisiana, to reach the lost, to help those that are in need and to feed those that are hungry. And we ask this all in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. If you agree with that, say amen with me this morning. Amen. Thank you for giving that. We've got our youngsters that are going to come around and and serve you this morning. And uh, just remember, we're going to receive another offering at the end as well. Let me get this. We're going to get ready to do a little bit of worship. Hallelujah. Here he goes. Hey, one other thing before before I move on. I I was going to do this later, but I think this is a good time. We're going to start up our Life's Healing Choices class again. Uh, for, the, for the ones that went through it before, that's, it's a nine-week course, and, and it's it's just an amazing time. amen. There's a sign-up sheet out here if you want to go through it. Um, it's specific to men and women, and they can only have a few in each class. You can only have up to six in each class, so we may have to do multiple classes. But it's going to be starting very quickly, and uh, it, it shows you things in your life that maybe you never got healed over. You know, it's a really good uh, course to go through. I know as a pastor, I went through it and and learned a lot. Uh, So if you're interested in that, uh, Linda Sherman is taking care of that. She's outside greeting right now, taking care of that. And um, just go sign up or go ask her what it's all about. But I promise you, it's it's a great class quickly. And again, we we learned a lot. Amen. So, hey, let's get ready to do some worship this morning. We're going to really jump into it now. Can we do that? Hallelujah. Well, listen, as I always like to do, Sister Susan, you just operate in what God has sent you here to do. If you feel God needs to interrupt anything that we're doing, you take your liberty in this place. Amen. And uh, just listen, don't hold back. Don't hold back. Like I told her last night, is our only expectation is that everything you do is biblical and from the Lord. The ceiling that we put on her is there isn't one. We want it all. There's no limits. We want everything that God has for us. We want, we literally, we want her to pour out everything God has put inside of her with no restrictions. Amen. And so we, we really do want everything God has. Amen. Come on, y'all ready? Let's stand up. We're going to worship this morning. today. right now, we just release a healing, God. Father, Jaden needs a healing in his body right now. Come on, y'all pray with me. This little boy needs a touch from the Lord right now. Come on, let's join in prayer. Father, we come against this infection. We command you to go in the name of Jesus. You don't belong here. We curse you, command you to die. Dissolve from his blood right now swelling in his throat we command you to go away go away right now in the name of Jesus praise hallelujah (laughs) hallelujah father we thank you for your healing power that is gone lord i know jeffrey needs a touch in his body as well father father we thank you for healing jeffrey this morning lord of his liver father we just pray for a new liver right now in the name of jesus lord many is at home recovering from a surgery father we know you're the god that can even restore after a surgery Complete restoration right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we release it right now to her, Lord. Just strengthen her body. We just pray that all pain would be removed. Lord, all the the side effects of a surgery like this, we just pray they would dissolve away right now. In her room where she sits at home, Father, your spirit would just saturate her and show her once again how much you love her and that she is never left out. She is not alone. You were just an amazing God, an amazing God. We've been quiet long enough, Susan. We get a little loud in this place.
0: Was Surely it was through. Since when? As impossible. If I stopped you Friday's disappointment, the sun is empty too Since when is impossible If I stopped you This is the sound of a dry bones rattling This is the praise, make a dead man walk again. Open the grave, I'm coming out. I'm gonna live, gonna live again. This is the sound of a dry bones rattling. Make a dead man walk again Open the brain, I'm coming out, I'm gonna live, gonna live again. This is the sound of a dry phone rattling rattle Yeah
1: Do you believe that God is still able? Or is it just a book? Come on, that's what you gotta settle. Is it just a book? Is it a story? When you're standing in the middle of something, you better know the answer to that question. Come on.
0: No longer satisfied for dryness, so we look to you, Lord. You said, I- Yeah.
1: release the floodgates To release the floodgates of your spirit upon this land again oh God but our region needs a fresh touch a fresh outpouring
0: today with See her.
1: Just the voices. I want to hear you. How
0: great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. And all will see how great, how great
1: is
0: our God. Come
1: on. Can you all sing that one more time? Come on. Come on. I want to hear you this morning. Let everybody know. Sing name above all names come on we can't stop right there
0: you're the name.
1: give him praise. If you don't praise the rock's will. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Turn and tell somebody before you sit down. He is the name above all names. He is the king. He is the Lord. His throne is never questioned. It's never. We're not worried about anybody kicking him out. Amen. I'm gonna go ahead and send our children to the back. Y'all can run on back there. We got children's church going on, hallelujah. Jesus, hallelujah, there they go, hallelujah. Yeah, y'all go right on around there. Sister, come on up, have your way, hallelujah, love
2: it. Jesus,
1: hallelujah, they turning her on, hallelujah
2: on yes glory to God amen thank you pastor I appreciate it amen amen hallelujah I'm excited to be here uh this morning I we had a great time last night in the woman's meeting uh my name is Susan Richardson um of Love Never Fails Ministries I've been married to this amazing man for the past 38 years he's a love of my life this side of Jesus and we're still crazy in love with each other I'll tell you a story how we met. I was standing in a church at my sister Kathy's rehearsal for her wedding. Heard the door of the church open, turned around, and there was this man standing in the doorway, and it was like all of a sudden the heavens parted. I saw a light shine right about his head. The angels went, oh, and I fell head. I mean, literally when I met him, he took my breath away. I went, oh, and I knew immediately he was the man I was going to marry, and I had just turned 17 years old, and uh, he was a little bit older than I am. <laughs> Just a little bit. And uh, I'll never forget when he ca- that we were at my sister Kathy's. Um, and I walked up to him at the door, and I said, Hi, you must be Charlie Mac Richardson. He said, I am. Where's Rick? And I said, He's over there. So he goes over to my brother-in-law, which was his best friend, or my brother-in-law-to-be, which was his best friend. And uh, that's the last time we spoke to each other. Now you fast forward. We've had the wedding. We're at the reception. And this is when country and western was a big deal, you know, when the 80s type of thing. And we walk. He, he was sitting over there watching everybody two-step and do all this dancing. And I'm thinking, surely he's going to come ask me to dance. And he didn't. And so I just said, well, you know what? This is the 80s. I can go up and ask him. So I just sashayed myself right up to him. And I said, would you like to dance? And he said, I don't know how to. And I said, you mean to tell me you don't know how to do a two-step? And he said, no. I said, well, baby, you're about to get your first lesson. Come on. And I took him outside there at the country club, taught him how to do a two-step, and we've been dancing ever since. Glory to God. And he is the love of my life. I praise God for him, and I thank God for him. I thank God that he saw the call of God really even before I probably even saw it upon my life and I'll never forget over 20 years ago I was psyching myself to get up to get ready to go back to school on that Monday and he calls me from offshore cuz he literally gave his life to serve his family by working a job that he hated for 35 years to support us and do for us what needed to be done and I remember he called me from offshore and he said baby what you doing and i said well i'm sitting here psyching myself up to go to work tomorrow and he said he said you know he said, do you hate your job that much? And I said, you have no idea how much I hate my job. I hate it so much. And he said, well, he said, no, I do understand how much you hate your job. He said, but you know what? He said, I, believe in, I so believe in the call of God upon your life. He said, why don't you go, go to work tomorrow and quit your job? And he said, I'll support you and I'll pay for you so that you can go and do all that God's called you to do. And I want to honor this man. Because he literally, literally has done that for me for the last twenty years. He took early retirement at fifty nine. We watched God do miracle after miracle after miracle where our finances were concerned. I mean he paid our God supernaturally paid our house off. Can you I mean, you know what? I'm I, I feel led to tell that testimony. So I'm gonna tell that real quick. How many of you in here are believing God to be debt free? Okay. Let me tell you how you do that. Uh, in 2016, we kind of saw the writing on the wall where the oil field was concerned, you know, and we kind of knew that there was going to be pretty much a, uh, a time and a season where they were going to probably, you know, ask him to go ahead and retire. And so, because at this time, they had started taking away every, you know, how they, they give you everything right at first, and then they started taking away every little thing. like And then all of a sudden, it was his base salary. They took that away, too. And he said, if they offer me a deal, he said, I'm going to take it. And I said, all right, I'm in agreement with that. But at this time, we still owed on our house. We still owed on our cars. We still had, you know, bills that we paid. Everybody can relate to that. But at the beginning of 2016, the Lord began to speak to me, and he said, Susan, he said, can you believe me to be debt free? I said, absolutely, God, I can believe you for anything. I've seen you do miracles in my life. And the Lord spoke, and he said, I want you to begin to sow uh, offering when I tell you to sow, and I want you to call your seed debt-free. Now, this was above and beyond any tithes or offerings that I have ever given, right? We have been faithful to tithe, and we've been faithful to give our offerings since we have been with each other. I, I've always been a, someone who's loved the Lord my whole life. And so, anyway, and I, I believe in giving. I mean, like Pastor said, you can't outgive God. And so here I am, and I said, All right, Lord. And he said, It's above your tithes and offering. He says, When I tell you to sow a specific seed, he said, I want you to sow it in obedience, whatever amount it is, and I want you to name that seed debt free. And so I began to do that at the beginning of 2016. I kept saying, to Father, this is the seed you told me to sow, and you told me to call it debt-free, and this is what I'm calling this seed. I'm naming my seed, and I am saying that my seed that I am sowing today into the life of that ministry or into the life of that prophet or whoever it was, Father, this is debt-free for me. And so I began to do that, and so here we are, fast forward in May, uh, he took early retirement due to workforce reduction, and here we were, I still had house notes, we still had all this kind of stuff, really believing for God for every penny that came into our house, and God supernaturally provided. And one day I'm standing at the sink in September the 28th, I remember, I think that's the day, I'm standing at the sink and I remind the Lord, I said, God, you told me at the beginning of this year to begin to sow seeds to be debt free, and we still are in debt. And I said, you know, but Father, I believe your word. And I sowed obedient like you told me to sow. Because obedience will be the benchmark of your life. It will absolutely be the benchmark of those that call themselves believers in Jesus Christ. Above all else, God wants your obedience. He don't want your sacrifice. He wants your obedience. Amen. And so anyway, I'm standing there at the sink washing dishes. And all of a sudden, I get a phone call. And it's somebody on the end of the phone. And they said, God spoke to us and told us to uh, pay off your mortgage. We're going to come tomorrow with a check, and you just tell us how much to make it out for. So I said, are you sure? And they said, yes. And I said, okay. So I hung up the phone. I go in there, and I tell him, and he's like, okay. This is our response. Uh, okay. Okay. Because we have had a lot of people tell us, you know, if you'll pray for me, and, I'll, and God does this for me, I promise I'm going to give you this. And if you, you know, and, and unfortunately, we're like, okay, we'll see it when we believe it type of thing. You know, we've had a lot of people tell us they were going to do that, and they never showed up. And so anyway, we're like, okay, okay. And so that, the next day I got online and I printed out the little coupon of what it said. If you pay your mortgage off today, it'll be this. It was right at $33,000. And they showed up at my house and they wrote the check for what it said. We got, it, we put, we got in the car. We went, to, we went to the post office. We had it FedExed overnight. And then the next day we get an email saying, congratulations, Mr. and Mr. Richardson, your mortgage has been paid in full. One day, one turnaround day, And here we went from having debt to having no debt, to being debt-free, to love, literally loving, having, the only debt we had was to love man, that's it, that's it, having no debt, but to love each other. And so I just want to stop and give God glory for that because God is faithful. And if he'll be faithful to me, he will be faithful to you. I'm telling you, it is time for the people of God, for the wealth transfer to happen in your life. I decree and declare that the transfer of wealth is coming into your lives in the name of Jesus. And God is going to shift something in your life so you can worry, so not worry, so that you can't, so you don't have to worry, right? You don't have to worry about stuff like that. But you can give as your heart desires to give, and you can further advance the kingdom of God because we are coming into a time and a season that has already begun to break forth, that we're going to see the biggest transfer of wealth and souls come into the kingdom of God, and it takes money to finance the kingdom like your pastor said he said we support our missionaries whether the money comes in or not our ministry is the same way we support our missionaries and we have missionaries that we support all over the world because I might not go To Africa I might not go even though I've been to Africa I might not go here and I might not go yon but by golly I'm going to be a part of someone who chooses to go and someone who's committed to go I am going to help that person pay their bills I'm going to help them feed their families I'm going to help them do what they need to do I might not be able to go myself because that might not be my assignment but it is my assignment to help people get there amen and so I don't know who that was for you can't ever out, outgive God. I've seen God supernaturally give and give and overwhelm. When we were going through this time, uh, where He had taken the, work, the the early retirement, right, and He was too early to take Social Security and everything, it was so crazy because the week that that all happened, right, I walked into my uh, bathroom and I stood in front of the shower and the tiles moved under my feet. Remember that? And I was like, "Well, that don't look good." and so i called him i said hey baby come in here and look at this and he looked down there and i said watch this i mean i literally was rocking like this and he said well that don't look good and i said yeah i don't think so and so we went outside and water was pouring uh where our slab and our front porch and the the brick water was pouring out from and i was like well it might look like we have a problem and so, anyway, we were there, and my husband said, yeah, so we called somebody, and they said, you have a major leak in your shower, and we're going to have to rip the whole thing out to get to it and fix it, long story short. And, of course, how much is that going to cost? It was going to cost $1,000, and I said, Lord, and which was a cheap fix, really, if you think about it, right? And so I thought, well, of course, we didn't have $1,000. That's a lot of money, right? It's a lot of money to anybody. And so I said, all right, Lord. And one of the things that the Lord told me is when we were going into the season and I said, God, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't look like there's going to be a lot of income coming in. I said, I need a word from God because we got a situation. And any time you find yourself in a situation, go to God and ask God to give you a word. And God will give you a word. And no matter what's going on in the midst of your situation, you can stand on the word of God. So I went to God and I said, God, I need a word from you. And he said, Susan, you've sown enough in previous seasons to live in this one. Ah, Shonda, think about that. I've sown enough in previous seasons to live in this one. And so I said, all right, Lord. So when all that happened and they said it was going to be this much to fix your bathroom, I just went to the Lord and I said, okay. And guess what happened on the same day that we found the big leak in the bathroom? I go out to get the towels that I had sopped up all the water with. I go to put the towels in my washing machine which all of a sudden decides it's not going to run anymore and it's going to be broken well he goes out there and tries to fix it and comes back in with all these buttons and says "Uh, i think we're going to need a new washing machine i was like okay (laughs) guess what god even cares about the fact that i have a washing machine right and so i just went to the lord and i said okay i said what do i do he said go buy your new washing machine i'm stuck okay so i go to i go to sears well at first i went to lowe's and that didn't work so i went to sears and so i'm at sears and i said i want the cheapest washing machine you got i don't want it to do all that fancy stuff i just needed to have cold water hot water when i wash my sheets and spin them suckers i don't want none of that new fancy stuff and so i got this washing machine and it cost four hundred and sixteen dollars right in some sense and the lady says well do you have a Sears card and I said well I might have had one because one of the things we don't even have credit card debt right we don't even have credit card debt and so I said I might have had one years ago and she says well let me look and see she said well she said you haven't used it in so long they basically closed the account so but if you if you do it today she said I can give you I don't know how much it was off and I can end up you know getting your I can deliver it for free which was sixty dollars and she said I can take the old one away and I said "That I, that'll work right so we did all that got my new washing machine well in this in this week that we were all this was going on that they were going to have to come fix my shower and deliver my new washing machine we had had a cruise that was booked that had been booked for several months it had been booked for over a year and so we thought man this is the worst time in the world that we could go on a cruise but it's paid for and if we don't go we're going to lose the money so we go on this cruise because we're big cruisers so we go on this cruise and we come home and i'll never forget this and the reason i'm telling you this just to bid your faith a little bit I come in the door after being gone on this cruise, and there's a stack of mail this big because I get tons of mail. And I go in there, and the very first envelope that I open, or the very first thing I see on my desk is the bill from the contractor for $1,000, right? And I was like, okay, praise the Lord. And I just put my hands on that bill, and I said, Father, you told me that I'd sown enough in previous seasons to live in this one. And so I said, okay. And then the next thing I opened was a letter. And this letter was from a woman that I never hear from. I never hear from, I probably hear from her once every two or three years, maybe at the most, if I even hear from her then. And in there, there was this two-page written letter. And I'm sitting there reading this letter, and it says, Susan, the Lord had you on my heart. And basically, long story short, she said, the Lord told me, I was up praying for you, and the Lord told me that I was to sow this seed into your life. This check is not to go into the ministry. It is not to go for anything to do with Love Never Fails. This is to go into Susan and Charlie Richardson's life. Because the Lord says you have given and you have given and you never take anything for yourself, which is absolutely true. I don't. And he said, said, but this is to go for you. Guess how much the check was for? $1,000. I was like, go on with your bad self, God. Go on with your bad self. And I hollered down the hall and I said, Baby, guess what? And I, he said, Well, woohoo, there pays the contractor. I said, hallelujah. So I slapped that check on that contractor bill and I said, Hallelujah, Lord, thank you. We've sewn enough in previous seasons to live in this one. And then the next uh envelope I opened was the Sears bill saying, you know, this is your charge bill and you owe $416, and I think it was 62 cents. And so, and then guess what? We ended up, I opened, the next envelope I opened was a check for a refund for insurance that he had through the company that he worked for. And guess how much it was for? It was for $416. I was like, go on with your bad self again, God. And I am not kidding you. I saw that happen time after time after time after time again. I saw God do that for us because you know what? If you can get a word from God no matter what the situation is you're going through you can stand on that word and you can say god this is what you promised me this is what you promised me and for me it was you'd sown enough in previous seasons to live in this one so i just want to encourage you in that god is so faithful to he loves you know god takes great delight in seeing the prosperity of his saints god loves to see you prosper he loves to see you do well we really should be, as the children of God, the most wealthy, most well-off, most well-adjusted people, right? I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be broke, busted, and disgusted. Come on now, Amen. I don't want to be that. I want to be living a living example of what it's like for someone who gives to God and watch God out, not not being able to outgive God. Come on now, Amen. Hallelujah, Amen. Sometimes you start talking about money and you kick those sacred cows. People think, oh, they're just after my money. You know, no, not really, because God, God really does everything for me. It's amazing. You know, I, even so much as this, y'all, y'all know, most of you know, that we're here last night, know that my husband and I have five miniature schnauzers. I am that crazy dog lady. I asked for one schnauzer about 20 years ago, and I've had six in my life. I mean, all at the same time, really, literally. I ha- and I just recently got my, new little, my little black boy. He's a little miniature black schnauzer. All the rest of them are white, and I call him little man because i saw him in the spirit and i knew god was going to give him to me right i mean do i do i need five schnauzers absolutely not absolutely not but it was a desire of my heart and so god gave it to me god loves to give you the desires of your heart he wants and you know what if i had found this revelation when i was your age young man i promise you i can't even imagine what god would have done in my life well god would have i mean oh my god the things that if i if i would have known god you know, my heart is yours. I'm going to let, let my heart be yours completely, and I'm just going to start doing it, put into practice what your word says, and I'm just going to watch you blow my mind. You know, when I was five years old, I was sitting on a, a pew in a church in Liberty, Texas, Heights Baptist Church, and I was sitting next to my mom, and the evangelist was up there preaching. And he was preaching, and, of course, my mother said, if you don't start acting right, I'm going to take you outside and tear you up. Well, guess what happened? I didn't act right, and she took me outside, and she tore me up, right? And after she finished whipping me, because my mama whipped good, she said, you better repent for being so ugly in God's house. So she takes me back inside, and I'm sitting next to her on the pew, and I'm crying, I'm like, (laughs) and I say out of my mouth at five years old, God, I'm so sorry for being so ugly in your house. And when I did, the Spirit of the Lord came upon me so strong that it took my breath away, and I went, (gasps) just like that my mother said what happened and all i knew to tell her in my five-year-old mind was jesus has just come into my heart and she said what i said jesus has just come into my heart and so she picked me up and took me back outside i thought i was fixing to get another whipping you know and she said now tell me what you what happened and i said mother jesus just came into my heart and so she takes me around the side and this is when the pastor would sit up on the stage with the evangelist preaching and my mother opened that side door she pointed at that man and she went like this You want to know where I get my boldness from? It might have been my mother. And she went like that. That pastor came down, and they whisper in the corner, and then he comes over to me, and he looks down at me, and he says, Now, Susan, tell me what happened. And I said, Jesus has just come into my heart. And he said, No, now really tell me what happened. Because I hadn't done it, quote, unquote, the man's way. You know, I hadn't done it that way. And so it was hard to to have a concept that, Jesus could have really come into my heart without me walking the aisle, without me saying the prayer of repentance, without me getting voted on and all that good stuff, right? To be able to come into the kingdom of God. And he said, no, really tell me. And and I said, Jesus, in case he didn't hear me the first time, has just come into my heart. (laughs) I said it like that, right? And so anyway, I'm sitting there, and he says, well, after he finishes preaching, he said, I want you to walk forward and we will fix all this. And I said, okay. And so I did that. And what started at five years old was a love affair with the Father. I don't have a testimony that I danced on barroom tables. I don't have a testimony that I did drugs. I don't have a testimony that I was with all these different kinds of men. You know, those are testimonies, yes. My testimony is that I have loved the Lord my God with all my heart my whole life. Amen. I've been with one man, and that's this one. And I can tell you right now, my life has literally been, uh, it has been hard at times. It's been heartbreaking at times. But even in the midst of the hard and the heartbreaking, I can stand and I can testify and I can decree and I can declare that God has always, always been good. God has always been good. You know what? No matter what you're, I don't know who this is for, but no matter what you're going through, it could be probably the hardest time of your life. Even in the midst of the hard times and the bad times, God is still good. Why? Because He is still God. No matter what you're going through, God is always going to be who He is, and that is God. And God will always make a way of escape for you. And He will always show Himself to be mighty in the midst of you. Amen. He will always show Himself to be faithful. And guess what? Even when I don't feel like I have any faith, He is still faithful. Amen. Amen. And so. Anyway, I thank you. That was the, that was the appetizer. Amen. And now we're going to get into the word, glory to God. And one thing about me is I am from Texas. I talk real fast, and you have to listen real quick, okay? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. I have a few prophetic words for the people. He, I, this is the Lord spoke to me specifically for this church. And one of the things, I, because he's, he showed me what he's going to be doing in the midst of your congregation in the days and in the weeks and the months and in the years to come in this new era that we have gone into because 2021 started a new era. And new, it's not just a new new year or even a new century. It's a new era that we have walked into, right? And you know the thing about an era, an E-R-A. I know I say it like arrow or error or like, you know, whatever. But, hey, you, you just have to go with the slang, um, and the twang, you know, I heard myself talking one time on the tape. I said, my God, oh, my God, I sound like a country bumpkin in a hick. But literally, I know. But I love y'all's bro. I love the, the way I, I love the way Cajun sound. I'm telling you, I absolutely love it. This is what the Lord said, and this is he said here. He said, I want you to tell my people that there really are only two races. There are only two races. There are those that know God, and then there are those that don't. In the eyes of the Lord, there are those that know Him, and then there are those that don't. Amen? And that's the only distinction God has. There is no color. There is no discerning. There is only those that know Him and those that do not. Amen? Because God is literally colorblind as far as that goes. There is no black, white, red, yellow, all that stuff. Right? It's just those that know Him and those that don't. Amen? And when you look at it that way, there will be no race issues, I'm telling you right now. Uh, You know, number two, the devil tried everything with his arsenal to shut us down. But this is what the Lord said. He said, now is not the time to let up, back up, give up, or shut up. Hallelujah. The devil tried everything within his power. And I know shut up might offend you, but that's all right. Y'all have to love me anyway, right? Now's not the time to let up, back up, give up, or shut up, but it is the time to rise up. Amen. it is the time to rise up. Amen. Because as a church, we're not merely a gathering or assembly. We are a movement. And we have been commanded by God to go forth, right? And make disciples of what? All nations. And so when you give into missions and you give into that, what your pastor and who your pastors have decided that they're going to support, that's what you're giving into. Amen. You're just not helping them, you know, whatever. You are literally helping them take and disciple all nations and send those out. Amen. Um, As far as the rising up part, in Isaiah 60, this is what the Lord says to tell you guys. Amen. In Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1, it says, To arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Amen. Arise means to rise up, to intensively and causatively, in other words, with intent and for a reason, to continue to help and lift up again to make new. In other words, that's what this church's assignment is in this new era, is to arise and to shine. And shine means to be luminous, like the breaking of the day, to be glorious, to show the light, and to set on fire. Those that were here last night will understand and get excited again because once again the Lord is telling us, let ourselves be set on fire. Amen. Let ourselves be set on fire for the Father. Amen. And in Matthew 5, 16, it says, what did Jesus say? He to let your light so shine before people. In other words, when you go out of these, because it's so far beyond these four walls, right? and you're four and no more. it is so far beyond that that everywhere you go that the light of Jesus Christ is so shining within your life that people may see your good works and glorify you, no, glorify your Father who is in heaven. Literally be a light in dark places. You know, everywhere I go, I always say, God, I know I'm going to the store to get a gallon of milk. But, Father, is there some assignment in the midst of me going out today that you would have me fulfill? One time I found myself at Sam's, and I'm sitting there checking out at Sam's, and the little girl behind the cash register is checking me out, and, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, I want you to tell her this. And I said, all right, what would you have me say to her, Lord? And the Lord said, I want you to tell her That the promotion that she got passed over for today was not my will for her life and she's upset about it and I need her to know that I've got better for her and I said young lady I don't know exactly how you believe but I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and the Lord wants me to tell you that the promotion that you got passed over by and got passed over for today was not God's perfect will for your life and God says if you will just be patient with him that a better thing is going to come and his will is going to be done and she looked at me and she said, my God, how did you know that? She said, I came in this morning, and they told me that the uh, position that I had applied for, she said, uh, I did not get it. And she said, I've been mad all morning. And I said, well, the Lord doesn't want you to be mad anymore. He wants you to be glad. And she begins to sob right there at the cash register. And I didn't go in there and try to preach no hominutical hummus. I go, thus saith the Lord thy God Almighty would say. In. No, I just went in there, and I talked to her just like I'm talking to you right now, just like I talked to God in my all my Texas twine and all my slang and I might mess up the words but you know what people need to see real people need to see real they don't need your religious self they just need your real self right because it's not about a religion it is about a relationship it's about knowing people it's about connecting people to the God that you serve through relationship it's not even about getting him to come to your church it's about connecting them to Jesus and having relationship with him. So everywhere I go, because I have relationship with the Father and I have relationship with Jesus, I just want to display that relationship everywhere I go. And so I ask the Lord, and I just listen, and I say whatever he says. Amen? Amen. And so that's what the Lord wants us to do. That's what That's what. Uh, literally letting my light so shine, right? And so... Uh, and then the Lord goes on to say in Isaiah chapter 60, For behold, darkness is going to cover the earth. How many of we see seeing that right now? Glory to God. And deep darkness, the people. So don't be shocked. God already told you it's going to happen. That darkness is going to cover the earth, and a deep darkness is going to cover the people. Did you ever in your life ever think that you would be in a place where they would have to decide, uh, check which gender you are, male, female, binary, non-gender, I mean, good God almighty. God created man, and then he created woman. That's the only two he created. None of that foolishness going on about, what the heck is non-binary anyway? My God. I, I said, Lord, I laugh every time I see that on one of those survey things, you know? I mean, God, that's foolishness right there. And I'm telling you, there's people are confused. The enemy's done everything within his power to steal identity. How? And you know what? I think to myself, Devil, you overplayed your hand? Because I'm telling you, there's a people rising oh, up, There's a people rising up right now, and we're gonna know who we are in Christ. Glory to God! And we're gonna go out there. And these people that are confused, that don't know if they're a man, or if they're a woman, they were born this way or born that way. I'm telling you, you're gonna go with the light of God on your life. You're gonna go shining with the brightness of His glory upon you, and I mean you're going to open your mouth, and freedom and truth are going to come, and God is going to set people free, amen, amen, you set yourself on fire, and people will come to watch you burn, glory to God, amen, and it says, and deep darkness are going to cover the people, but the Lord... We'll arise over who? Over you is what the word says. He's going to arise over you. You're like me? Absolutely. I am a housewife from Onalaska, Texas. And if people, can, if people can see that a housewife from Onalaska, Texas can go and do the things that I do, I promise you, baby, you could do them too. Right? I have people say, well, you need to stop saying you're uh, just a housewife from Onalaska, Texas. I said, but that's what I am. For the first and foremost call upon my life is to be Charlie Mac Richardson's wife. They say, oh, you mean it's not to be a prophet? No. The first and foremost call upon my life is to be his wife. And then the second call of God upon my life is to be Jake and Abby Richardson's mother. And then all the rest of this is what I call just the gravy, right? Just the gravy. It's the lanyap, as y'all call it, right? That's what y'all call it, right? Okay. Amen. We call it just the gravy, hallelujah, in Texas. And it says, and his glory is going to be seen upon you. I love this. The Gentiles, which is people that are not in covenant, you are not a Gentile. I don't care what they want to teach you, you are not a Gentile. You are an in covenant person. And anytime you see Gentile in the word, what it means is those people that don't have a covenant with God. You have a covenant in and through Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. Amen the gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising that's how important it is that people you get up get up off of your little behind and do something so well I don't I don't want to preach that's okay you don't have to but you have to but the word is clear and commanding us to go and preach the gospel everywhere you go amen you know if you don't have the words to say let your life you know you might just be the only bible anyone ever reads people all the time come up to me and say what is it about you that's different well it's just Jesus well man I know Jesus but there's something different about you I said well then that's a Holy Ghost I mean because the Holy Ghost done got hold of this little uh, little Baptist girl and turned my life and rocked my world upside down amen I, t- I feel led to tell that story so I'm gonna tell it how much time do I have pastor I mean is this being okay it's good okay good all right well we ha- we have to be at the next service at 4 it'll be okay I'm just kidding amen <laughs> Here I am, 20-something years old. My my son Jacob has been born. He's 8 months old. And I realize I really need to get him in the house of God and I really need to start raising him in the things of God, right? And so I'm sitting there and I am going to church. uh, The pastor that I was born and raised in the church where I was born and raised all of a sudden got the holy boot and they put him and he started a church on down the road and I'm thinking well I don't know what in the world happened he got something what they call that holy ghost you know so I don't know nothing about that because they certainly didn't teach it about that in school when I was in church right and when it came upon me so strong when I was uh five years old I didn't know what it was because they didn't preach about that in the church but I knew that I'd had an experience with God and I've loved him ever since right and so all of a sudden, God decides, yeah, it's time for you to get filled with the Holy Ghost. So I start going to this church, and I remember I, the very first Sunday that I ever went, he was, he was working, and he was gone, and I went by myself. And I remember standing there thinking, I have never seen in my life stuff going on in this church like I've seen. And I remember after I went home that day, my mother comes over, and she says, well, what was it like? And I said, well, Mama, I said, all I can tell you is this. I don't know that I understand what I saw. And I most certainly am not sure I understand what I heard. I said, but I do know this one thing. God was in that place. God was in that place. And I want God. That's what I know. I want God. I want God with everything That is within me. I want God. I don't you know, we sing these songs, God, I want more of you, I want more of you. I am not willing to settle for more of God. I do not want more of God. I do not want more of Jesus. I want all of God. And I want all of Jesus. Jesus is our example, and he walked this earth with a full measure of Holy Spirit upon him. He walked in the full measure of God, the Father, in his life. I want the same thing, and your heart should burn and desire the same thing as well. Amen. God can take a crazy housewife from on Alaska, Texas, fill her with the Holy Ghost, and then set her on fire and put her out for the world to see. Amen. Put her in Marksville, Louisiana. Amen. Glory to God to preach the gospel. And I'm sitting here, and so I go again the next Sunday and I'm sitting there and I was having a physical uh, uh, problem in my body and the doctor said if we can't get it fixed we're going to have to do a full hysterectomy on you where at that time I wanted more kids I don't know what in the world I was thinking (laughs) but I wanted more kids And so I'm sitting there, and so my friend that had been coming with me, and she'd been kind of ministering to me, she says, Would you like to go up for healing? And I said, Oh, no, I I couldn't do that, you know, because good Baptist girls don't do that, right? And so I'm sitting there, but I'm feeling this pull and this draw of the Spirit, and so I said, Well, if I go, would you go with me? She said, Yeah. And so I go up to the front, and I'm standing up there at the front, and her husband comes, and he's standing behind me, and I'm looking at him, and I said, Look, now, if I fall, you promise to catch me, right? Because I'd been seeing that stuff, and I didn't know what that was. And he said, don't you worry about it. You just let God be God. And so I'm standing up there at the the altar. And my old pastor, who now has been filled with the Holy Ghost, and they gave him the holy boot, he comes. And he tries to start explaining to me about what's fixing to happen. He tries to start explaining it to me. And I just look at him and say, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. I sounded like a fool. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. And the next thing I know, I'm on the floor, plastered to the floor, and can't even so much as move a muscle in my body. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, what has happened? People can see up my skirt. That was the, I, that's literally the first thing that came through my head. People can see up my skirt. People, let me just warn you right now, they're not looking up your skirt, I promise, okay? They're not doing that. And I'm laying there on the floor. When I lay there on the floor for what seemed like eternity. And all of a sudden, I'm laying there, and I'm able to move one finger. And I'm like, oh, I'm making progress. And isn't it funny, my pointing finger, my prophetic finger, because my children say, when you pull that thing out, mama, we know you mean business. So when I pull this thing out and I point it at you, I mean business, right? That's the first thing that started to be able to move on me. And the next thing I know, I'm able to kind of sit up. And the pastor's wife is behind me, and she's praying in this language I had never heard before in my life. And I think to myself, that must be what they call that, speaking in tongues, because when I was a little girl, about 12 years old, I went to my, my grandfather, married a little girl, I'm mean, not a little girl, he married an older woman from the Assemblies of God Church in Roganville, Texas. And we went to his uh, wedding, and the next morning we went to church with him. My grandfather, who'd been an alcoholic his entire life, in the last part of his life, married a woman full of the Holy Ghost. And she told him, I know you want to marry me, but I'm not marrying any man that doesn't serve the Lord. Well, guess what? He got busy about serving God. And so we go to church with him after he got married that Saturday night. And we are sitting there Sunday morning and my, my sister Kathy's on one side of my mom and I'm on the other side of my mom. We're standing there and this little old woman in front of me, she's got her hands raised and she's, and I'm like tugging on my mother's son. What is that? And my mother leans down and she says to me, it's what they call speaking in tongues and you should only do it in the privacy of your own home. And I was like, Okay, and so anyway, I was like, "Wow!" So anyway, now here I am. I'm sitting up, and the pastor's wife is behind me, and she's speaking in tongues. And I thought to myself, "God, that must be what they call that—speaking in tongues." And I'm listening, and then all of a sudden, literally, I just—I'm I, I, able to finally stand up. And an old mother in the Lord comes up to me. Her name was Jane Dossie. She comes up to me. She says, "So, she says, can you speak in tongues?" And I'm like, "I have no idea." If I can do that. Because I didn't know all the jargon. I didn't know all the, the language, so to speak, as it was. You know, all the things you call it. So if you're ministering to somebody that's not ever been in it, you need to really explain to them what it is, right? And so I don't know. She says, well, here, grab my hands. And she showed me in the Word. We're speaking in tongues, you know. It was, was of God. It was biblical. She grabs my hands. Guess where I went? To the floor. And I end up being the only person, me and Jane Dossie, the only people in the entire church. I have no idea how many hours I was on the floor. But I came up and I had one word. One word, and it was called Barra. And every time I said it, I say I could feel this bubbling coming up inside of me. And I would say, Barra. And every time I said it out of my mouth, I heard this voice out here say, That's of the devil. I was like, oh, I'm a good Baptist girl. And good Baptist girls don't do things of the devil. How deceived was I? Hallelujah. And so anyway, I'm sitting there thinking, Oh, my God. And so I'd go home, and I remember coming home that Sunday and telling my husband, saying, When he got off work, I said, I said, This thing happened to me today, and I said this word, and it's this word, Barra. And I said, what do you think about that? He said, I don't really know what I think about it, but I know it's in the Bible. And I was like, well, okay, if it's in the Bible, okay. And So anyway, every time I would say that word out of my mouth, I would hear, that's of the devil. So I said, "Oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to say that. It was outside voice out here, right? And I'd hear this. And so anyway, go on a couple of days, and now it's Tuesday afternoon. My baby is laid down taking a nap. And I'm carrying laundry across the living room. And I'm going to my bedroom with a load of towels. And I had the the laundry on my hip. And I said, Barra. And when I said it out of my mouth, I heard, that's of the devil. And I put my grocery basket down. I put my hand on my hip. And I said, you know what? I don't care if it is of the devil or not. Because every time I say it, it makes me feel good. So I'm just going to say it. And I went, Barra, just like that. And when I did... This dam of water burst forth out of me, and I went bara <speaking> bara bosik <in> he bra sende brisa kita ramasondo rabasokoto rabasike rabazi ke o ramo sendi aboso. He comes home two and a half hours later, and I was like, "What is happening to me?" He I could not stop praying in tongues. I'm like. He said, I don't know, I don't know, but it's in the Bible, it's in the Bible, it's in the Bible. And I mean right there started a thing with me, right? I wanted everybody I knew to get the baptism of the Holy Ghost because it was the most amazing thing that had ever happened to me in my life. I promise you, anyone that got within five inches of me, I was like, have you heard of this thing called the Holy Ghost? And because I had read that morning that t- tongues were assigned to the unbeliever, I'd go, you know, I don't believe in that. Well, maybe not using a lot of wisdom, hallelujah. But it was so real to me. And I decided everybody in my family needed it, so I started praying. I started praying. I said, God, they got to have this. they got to get saved, and they got to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And, all, and then I, I'm, I'm praying fast, and I'm praying hard. I'm praying fast and I'm praying hard, and I go to a woman's meeting. The woman calls me out, and she says, The Lord says he's heard your cries and your prayers concerning your family, but he says to go into the highways and the byways have compelled them to come in because if you'll be busy about my business, I'll be busy about yours, and as you lead one in from the outside, I'll lead one in from, the, from, from your family. Well, I want you to know it was on like Donkey Kong. I mean, I didn't care who you were. You were going to love Jesus because you were my brother. You were my sister. You were my uncle. You were my aunt. You were my niece. I'm telling you, you were going to love Jesus. And I mean, I, I, I did. It was, it was on. I mean, everybody that I could possibly minister the gospel of Jesus Christ to who I was because I realized you were one of my family members that I wanted to come in. And I'm going to tell you right now, God has heard the cries concerning your family. He has heard them. But I'm telling you, go into the highways and byways and compel them to come in because if you'll be busy about the Father's business, God will be busy about yours. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I said this was going to be a short sermon today. I'm, I'm getting there, people, I promise. It says, number four, in verse 4 of Isaiah 60, it says, Lift up your eyes all around and see. Look and believe that they all gather together. They come to you. I believe, I believe, I believe that this is exactly what God is going to do. It says, "For your, now I want you to hear this, Wendy. For your sons shall come from afar. In other words, your sons are returning and they are coming home. Amen. That should make every mama who's got a prodigal son shout for joy. Glory to God. And your daughter shall be nursed at your side. Then you shall see and become radiant. Glory to God. And your heart shall swell with joy. Amen. Because of the abundance of the sea, which sea will always represent people, shall be turned to you and the wealth of the wicked or the Gentiles shall come to you glory to god so if you can't shout about anything else shout about the fact that the well speaks to come into your hands hallelujah amen glory to god so we're a movement and god has commanded us to go forth amen and specifically the word for this church specifically this is what the lord said to me concerning this church for you and pastor richard that the lord called this place a harvesting station i never heard that term before and so i looked it up on google and I, i it's really amazing. What and I, this is what a harvesting station is. It is designed to activate spaces in inner cities that have rifts or gaps or a void of something, and turn those dry desert wastelands productive. That's exactly what a harvesting station does. It will uh, refurbish uh, and make places that are like uh, like broken down lots and broken down buildings. It'll turn them into playgrounds and gardens, community gardens. And people will come and be n- nourished and given nourishment and, and literally have joy from places that used to be whatever. And God says, this church is a harvesting station. And this is your desolate place out, out for outside these four walls. And God says, you are going to be the, be the key in turning these places Hallelujah. Wouldn't it be amazing if God turned that casino into a church? Wouldn't it be amazing if God turned that casino into a church? Amen. Amen. And it says here that what a harvesting station does is it turns what was once void and lacking and not useful into being productive and influential. Can you imagine that being said about your community, that it's productive and influential? Amen. Productive means have the quality or the power of producing, especially in abundance. That you could literally see Mansoura and Marksville be a place of productivity, which yield results and benefits or profits. Hallelujah. And then influential means exerting or possessing influence, one who has influence. And these two words, productive and influential, are going to be the two words for the new era for this church. When someone says, what kind of church do you have? Your answer and response should be, it's a productive church and it's an influential church. I mean, those are the words for this body and for this congregation. And in a vision as I was praying, I didn't just see a church bus. I saw buses. And I literally saw them lined up out the door all the way out on the street. And as you pulled up, they were unloading. The next bus, and that bus would leave and go get more. And then more people would come. More buses would unload. It was not just a church bus. It was church buses. Buses. Like the buses that go and get the people and bring it up here to the casino, it was those kinds of buses. I'm telling you, good buses. Amen. Amen. And the instructions from the Lord to you is everyone in this place needs to be asking God, where is my place? Because the Lord says the cry from the Spirit and from the throne of God is all hands on deck. All hands on deck. Which means everybody get into your place, everybody get into your position, and start moving in the anointing that God has put on your life amen it might be cleaning the toilets amen that's how ministry started for me was cleaning the toilets glory to God I did that for many years clean the church amen I don't get an amen when you say that I don't understand why hallelujah (laughs) but you know the very first throne I worshiped at was a toilet throne come on now it was the very first one that I served and I did, and I cleaned up that thing. I cleaned that bathroom. It was a joy to me to be able to clean. That said, Father, whatever Heine sits on this thing, I thank you, Lord, that the anointing's gonna hit them. I thank you, Lord, it's gonna go through them. Hallelujah. And pray over whatever situation I had. Amen. And then also, I just wanna add this that when you come to church, every Sunday you come, every time you come into these doors for something, to ask yourself before you get here, how can I be a blessing to these two people? Is there something that I have, Father God, in my possession that I can give them? Maybe it's $20 so they can go and just treat themselves to lunch. Maybe it's a kind word. Maybe it's just a prayer. Say, hey, Pastor, I just want you to know I'm praying for you today. God put you on my heart this morning. I'm praying for you today. Well, God gave me this, and I wanted to give it to you. Because I can tell you right, you will never be more blessed by God when you honor than when you honor the man and woman of God. Don't think that they're, yes, they are here to serve you, and I know that your heart, I can tell you something, my husband and I were talking this morning, and I said, those people in that church don't have a clue at how blessed they are to have such a pastor that's so full of wisdom. I sat last night, and we talked to him, and I picked his brains, and this man has got more wisdom than most pastors I know, and I promise you I know a lot of pastors. I know a bunch of them, but this man of God has wisdom far exceeding beyond his years. And this woman of God right here had a word of knowledge for me that literally gave me the key to something I've been praying about for several months now. She had a word of knowledge for me. I'm telling you, you've got pure gold in these pastors. And you need to honor the man and woman of God that you sit under. You need to honor them every day. You need to pray for them. You need to lift up their hands. You need to pray for them. And you need to say, God, instead of what can they do for me, what can I do for them? Because in doing for them, you're doing as unto the Lord. Amen? Okay. Y'all ready to get into the Word? Y'all think, wait a minute. I thought that was the Word. Glory to God. Amen. All right, it's what the Lord says. Oh, I lied, I have two pages of notes. Wait a minute. No, just one. Glory to God. Yes, here it is. I got it. Wait a minute. I have, I've, I've preached so many places the last several months, it's been crazy. I mean, they, they, they opened Texas back up, and it was like, can you come and preach? And I was like, all right, here we go, God. This on like Donkey Kong. Let's go. Turning your Bibles, if you have a Bible, which I hope you do, to Acts chapter 8. We're going to go there. And we're gonna go to verse 26. This is what the Lord spoke to me. The Lord spoke to me about this church. He said, when you're at the right place at the right time, God's gonna give you the right words and you will see the miracle working power of God, amen? In other words, you're gonna get the right results. I'm gonna say that to you again. When you're at the right place at the right time, God will give you the right words and you will see the miracle working power of God, amen? You're gonna get the right results. When you're at the right place at the right time, with the right words, amen. You're going to get the right results, amen. Obedience, like I said, is a benchmark in this hour. It's always been a benchmark. God always has desired our obedience over our sacrifice, amen. When He tells you, He tells you to get up and pray, and you say, "Well, I will, Lord," but man, I'm really tired, and so you roll over and you go back to sleep. And He says, "I want you to get up and pray," and you roll back over. Anyone ever done that? I know I'm not the only one. And then I get up and say, "Oh, well, I will say, I'll, I'll." I'll Fast today, God. My sacrifice didn't really mean anything to God because what he wanted was my obedience to get up and pray. But in Acts chapter 8, we're going to go to verse 26. And it says, Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go. See, there's that word arise again. So God must be trying to tell you people something. Arise and go toward the south along the road, which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. Amen. Arise means to stand up and raise up. Go basically means to move forward. Isn't it amazing that the very first two words of the gospel and good news are go? Hallelujah. God means something when he's saying this to you. He wants you to arise and go. And where he sent Peter was to a desert. You mean to tell me God would send me to a desert? Absolutely. God would send you to a desert. A desert is a lonesome place. It's a waste place. It's a desolate place. It's a wilderness place. It's a forsaken place, and it's void of any kind of water. That's what a desert is. You mean to tell me God, who loves me with everything that is within him, would send me to a wilderness? You mean to tell me God would send me to a hard place? You mean to tell me God would send me to a place where there is no water? Absolutely God would. Absolutely God would. And I can tell you right now, you better rise and go. And I love this about Philip. After the Spirit of the Lord spoke that to him, verse 27, what does it say? So he what? Arose and he went. He arose and he went. Right. In other words, he went to the right place. That's where God told him to go. Obedience. Obedience will always put you in the right place. Amen. He arose and he went. And then it says here, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship, amen, and was returning and sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then this, and I'm going to stop real quick. A eunuch, y'all know what a eunuch is. It's basically a castrated male, it's someone who's impotent. In other words, it's someone who cannot reproduce, right? It's someone who cannot reproduce. And one of the very things about the kingdom is that we reproduce, right? The very first thing God spoke to Adam and Eve is that they go, right? Be fruitful and do what? And multiply. Go, be fruitful and multiply. Reproduction is what the kingdom is all about. That we, that we reproduce right? Christ that's in us. And then it goes to other people, correct? Well, here is this guy. And it says he was on his way back from Jerusalem. He came to Jerusalem to worship. In other words, he had a knowledge of who God was. He had a knowledge of God as the creator, as God, as Jehovah. But he had no knowledge of the Savior. And that is what God wanted to do. And so, see, God sees this guy. And so he sends Philip to go talk to him. And he tells Philip, he said, I want you to go and join yourself, right? Go and join yourself to this uh, uh, chariot. This is in the Spirit of God said to Philip in verse 29, Go near... And overtake this chariot which go near means to approach it and overtake means to join yourself to it go over there and get next to it go over there so when God says I want you to go there and I want you to go over there and and, and see these people he wants you to join yourselves to them I mean he wants you to go and be a part of their lives basically insert yourself in the equation and it says so Philip I love this ran to him Philip didn't say well God I need a confirmation I need you to confirm. I'll do it if you confirm. How many of you are like that? Amen. So yeah, I'm glad you're like me because I would be like, okay, God, if I get three confirmations, I'll go. No. It's about quick and immediate obedience in, these, in this day and this hour, right? Because if you're at the right place at the right time, God's going to give you, what, the right words, and you're going to get, what, the right results, amen, because you're going to see the miracle work and power of God. How amazing would it be if God tells you this morning, I want you to get up, and I want you to go to Walmart, and I want you to go stand in the checkout line number 17. But, God, there's 49 people in checkout line number 17. But that's the one God told you to get in. And you get in that line, and they say, Ma'am, you can take it over here. I say, Nope, I'm right here because it's where God told me to be. I'm right here. I know I could check out quicker with you. And if you're like me, you hate everything about Walmart, and you hate going to Walmart. But I'm telling you, if I end up going to Walmart, it's an assignment from God. And I go and check out number 17. And I walk up there, and the Lord says, Now, I want you to say this to this woman. And you give her a word that's going to ch- change her life and rock her world and totally turn her life around for the glory of God. Because when you're at the right place at the right time, God's going to give you what? The right words. And you will see the miracle working power of God, which is the right results. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you were reading? So that's the right time. See the timing of the. See how, cra- how cool is it that God tells Philip, "I want you to get up and I want you to go to this desert." So get up. So Philip gets up and he goes and he arises and he goes to this desert. So he's just standing there in this desert, thinking, "Well, here I am in this dry place, God. Here I am in this wilderness place. What do you want me to do now that I'm here?" And he's waiting, and all of a sudden God says, "See that chariot? I want you to go and overtake that chariot." so philip just runs over there to it and the moment that he steps up to run by the chariot he hears this guy who's sitting up in this chariot this eunuch reading from the prophet isaiah and then philip says said to him uh, he said do you understand what you're reading do you understand what you're reading how think about the timing of that that's crazy and then the eunuch said to Philip, How can I understand unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. Divine appointments. Amen. And the place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, as a lamb before his shearer is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away, and who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And so the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth with the right words. Hallelujah. Opened his mouth and uh, beginning at at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. You know what I find amazing? That nowhere in the Old Testament was Jesus really ever mentioned, but he's mentioned from the time that the word was first began to be written. It said that a Savior was going to come and all that kind of stuff. But the name of Jesus, right, was never really mentioned in the Old Testament. But is written throughout the Old Testament, the whole thing. And it says that he began from that place. He opened his mouth and God filled his mouth with the right words. And he began to preach Jesus to him. He didn't preach a religion. He didn't preach a church. What he preached was Jesus. And you don't have to know everything there is to know because God knows those of us that study it still don't know everything there is to know. All you have to know is Jesus. All you have to know is that there is a God that loves you. There is a God who loved you so much that He sent His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have eternal everlasting life. That is what you have to know. And that is what you preach, not your religion, not your opinion. You preach Jesus. God will give you the right words. When you're at the right place, at the right time, He'll give you the right words, and you will see the right results. And it says here, so after Philip opened his mouth, and beginning of the Scripture preached Jesus to them. In verse 36, now as they went down the road, they came to some water. Wait a minute. Anybody catch that? Where were they at? Hallelujah. Somebody got... They was in a desert. Can I ask you something? How much water do we ever find in a desert? The very definition of desert is arid and dry, having no water. The very definition of desert is having no water. And lo and behold, in the middle of a desert, they come to some water. That sounds like God to me. don't sound like God to you. I think that sounds like a miracle to me. And then Philip said... And then it says here, they came down, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and he said, I believe, I believe, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You mean to tell me that we didn't vote on him to come into the kingdom? You mean to tell me that he didn't have to walk the aisle and confess all his sins and all the ugly he'd ever done in his life? You mean to tell me that stuff?